Hi, everyone. You're listening to the Talks at Google podcast, where great minds meet. Once again, I'm Ms. Strahl, your host for this week's episode. Talks at Google brings the world's most influential thinkers, creators, makers, and doers all to one place. Every episode of this podcast is taken from a video that can be seen at youtube.com slash talks at Google. This episode features actor Ryan Reynolds, who among many well-known roles is also the star and producer of Deadpool and Deadpool 2. Based on Marvel Comics' most unconventional anti-hero, Deadpool tells the origin story of former Special Forces operative turned mercenary Wade Wilson, who after being subjected to a rogue experiment that leaves him with accelerated healing powers, adopts the alter ego Deadpool. In conversation with Dana Han Klein, listen as Ryan discusses the process of bringing the Merc with a mouth to life. And now here's Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool. Hi everybody. I was expecting like a tiny room with like 20 people. Yeah, this wow. Is, this is a tiny room for us. Good Lord. <laughs> wow. This is, uh, this is amazing. All right. Yeah. Um, hi, everyone. Welcome to Talks at Google. Today, it is my pleasure to welcome Ryan Reynolds for Deadpool. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Very nice to be here. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. I feel like I'm rubbing shoulders with real power. <laughs> here at Google. I love it. Yes. Yes. Um, Ryan, how excited are you for people to see this movie? Uh, I'm, I'm, I could not be more excited, actually. I'm, I'm 11 years excited. I, uh, when I talk about it, I always just grateful I'm wearing an adult diaper. The, uh, this movie has been a, just the biggest pain in the ass to get made, and somehow, someway, uh, the movie gods looked down on us and, and made that happen through uh, a number of illegal transactions, not the least of which being uh, our test footage leaking onto the Internet uh, accidentally about uh, two years ago, and that's what gave us the green light. So I'm thrilled to talk about Deadpool movie, because I, I never thought Deadpool would actually be, it would exist. It's, it's been an 11-year thing, and it's the worst relationship I've ever been in. But we're happily married now, and, uh, and, and we're, we're expecting. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah thank you, thank you. Uh, would it be fair to say the internet helped make this movie happen? The, no, it would, be, it would be absolute fact to say that the internet, the internet is why I'm sitting here talking to you, um, quite literally. It was uh, uh, the fans uh, overwhelmed 20th Century Fox Studios with uh, hate mail. Uh, I'm, I'm sure other illegal substances filled in sorts of, all sorts of containers. They were, they were vicious, and they, um, they so overwhelmed Fox with feedback, and positive feedback about a Deadpool movie that... Uh, that yeah, here we are. With I, relatively short order, they were they were basically said go make your movie, and leave us alone because we we were sending emails. To, we sent emails to the heads of the studio that you would never send to the head of a major film studio. <laughs> they were just like just borderline illegal. Uh, so um, yeah, they, I think they were just happy to say here's the green light. Now please leave us alone. And and they left us alone, so we got to make the movie that we'd always dreamt of. So yeah, how relieved were you when they said, "Yeah, I'd make an R-rated movie"? Because you um, guys embraced that R-rated. Yeah, we uh, we hugged it like a cuddly koala. Uh, Hug is not the word. Yeah, it, we uh, yes, we dry humped a cuddly koala into an R rating, which is weirdly legal. Uh, we we had a we had a blast. No, they, the only way to make Deadpool is to make it uh, without any kind of uh, uh, reservation, and uh, having a PG thirteen just wouldn't really allow us to have the, the the creative freedom we needed to to sort of really bring to life in the most authentic way this this Marvel character. And you know, and he lives within the X Men universe, so technically he's kind of orbiting 
the same areas as you know Wolverine and all these other guys. So they're all sort of touched upon in the movie, and uh, we see a couple of other X Men. And I just think personally, on a, on a personal level, it's just funny to me to see a like this, you know, me yelling at another X Men that he's a wheezing bag of dick tips, and the fact that like they let me get away with that was was a, a refreshing. I'll say, yeah. Uh, my question is, how would you? convince someone's grandmother to go see this movie? Would, would that be the exact phrasing you'd use? <laughs> Wheezing Bag of Dick Tips is a start, for Perfect. sure. Perfect. Um, uh, no, I, I, I think what's funny is, is that a lot, of, um, a lot of, I've seen some older women at some of the screenings, and they loved it. I mean, but then again, they sort of go in knowing what they're, what they're getting. Um, but in terms of, uh, uh, I think, no, I think you just have to lift grandma up and physically take her to the theater. And yeah, just tell her we're going to go see On Golden Pond. Uh, part two or Driving Miss Daisy or something like that and yeah hope it doesn't kill her let's hope yeah um, what's what's been the most surreal experience either filming the movie or afterwards oh the most surreal experience by far was was, um, was the day I uh, was the day I walked into Film Illusions there's a gentleman named Russ Schenkel who's the guy in Hollywood that makes all the really cool you know, superhero costumes. You know, he's the he's he's the you go into a shop and you see there. Oh, there's Batman, and oh, there's you know, you know Spider Man, and there's you know. But he uh, he had spent months and months trying to get the Deadpool suit right. We our our sort of edict at the beginning was this has to look this has to be the most face, faithful comic book to screen costume adaptation that's been that's ever been attempted. And he met that challenge uh, tenfold. I, when I saw that was the most real moment where I saw the suit for the first time and and I and I'm not exaggerating or trying to be funny. I wept. I, I like cried uh, because it was this 11 year journey and I thought, wow, we're we're off to the races here. I mean, we really are on to something. If we're starting the movie off on this foot, on this footing, um, this is going to be really special. So that was that was pretty surreal. Um, well, speaking of the suit, uh, it's it's interesting to have a superhero who we kind of don't always actually want to see his face. Um, yeah, no, it's for yeah. aesthetic reasons. Yeah. Um, so how how did you sort of approach that performance? I it looks like like the eyes are animated a little bit, which was awesome. But you also have to combine uh, that with your body language, and then yeah, the raw physicality of. Yeah, there's well, we sort of uh, in the screenwriting process, we started developing the script six years ago. Myself, Rhett Reese, and Paul Wernick, and Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick wrote Zombie Land, and they're they're just like really fun, smart, engaging, really funny writers. And and uh, we all sat around. We we sort of felt like you needed it for an origin story on Deadpool. You need a third, a third, a third. So a third looks like me, and then a third looks like the scarred version of Wade, who we affectionately say looks like Shrek took a shit on his shoulders, and then you have the the masked version of of of, of Deadpool, and that is sort of the, the the true embodiment of the character and the spirit. So um, it was always a challenge. I mean, the mask pushing emotions through the mask is interesting. Like I, I two days before shooting, I produced the movie, so I, was, I I got luxuries that I would never have as an actor. I actually got to uh, assemble a small camera crew and say, I need to just go into a room. I need you to film me acting like a moron for about two days, so I can just see how the suit behaves and how the suit moves and how it, how much expression I can have through the suit. So. Um, I learned a ton. I got to do a lot of R and D with the suit, and um, you know, it was we were shocked. You could actually really kind of come through that. You know, there was a little bit of facial animation in the eyes, which really helped us. But by and large, you know, we loved the scenes where you were not even animating the face. It's just uh, just sort of works. So. Yeah, it was it was great to see the yeah. sort of like the physical, I'll say, comedy parts, and then yeah. action. And yeah, you have to be really big. You know, yeah. you have to be like a, a, you have to sort of take a tip from clown school a little bit when you're in that thing. So. Uh, all my all my uh, reactions are sort of huge. So, um, when when were you first introduced to the character of Deadpool? 
I was on a set. I was on the the movie Blade Trinity, which um, uh, uh, I hope I hope most of you have not seen. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I, there's some there's some fun parts in that movie. But but it's it's uh, it was a movie where. I got to have a lot of fun. Uh, I got to do the movie with my friends. It was certainly the, the movie was fraught with a, a lot of a number of different frustrations that sometimes big movies can have. But uh, but I played a character in that movie that I guess resembles Wade Wilson in Deadpool. And uh, a, a, a rival executive at another studio said, "I saw a little piece of Blade, and you know, you're Wade Wilson. You're Deadpool." And I didn't know at the time. This is in 2004. I didn't know who Deadpool was. And he said, "Trust me, if they ever make a movie about Deadpool, you're the only guy that can play Deadpool." So he sent me over all these comics, and I, I'm not a big comic book guy, but I really gravitated toward Deadpool. I fell in love with Deadpool. Um, the first uh, issue I opened up, I'm not making this up. I was on the panel, like in in the comic. It said. Deadpool was saying, I, somebody asked him what he looks like. He says, I look like a cross between Ryan Reynolds and a Sharpay. And I was like, Jesus, this is fucking destiny. I, uh, what the hell? Who's fucking with me? It's like, you know, Kirk Cameron going to jump out of the corner with his little candid camera and I'm going to offend him with my swears? Um, so I, I just kept, I kept reading them all and I was just so, in, I felt so in love with this character. He was like meta. He breaks the fourth wall, addresses the audience. He knows... He's in a comic book. I mean, you know, in the in the film Deadpool, Deadpool makes fun of Ryan Reynolds, and I, I love that. I love that he gets to do that. It's a it's a it's a kind of a groundbreaking genre bending property, and the fact that a studio let us make it, uh, not just let us make it, but let us make it as, as a rated R movie was just, uh, I mean, crazy. I couldn't believe it. So, it's uh, I think I think Deadpool, the comic character, is definitely very self aware, and yeah. you guys very much embraced that. And yeah, we did. Yeah. Pop culture and yeah. other yeah, there's a lot of there's a ton of pop culture <laughs> references in it, and there's like the movie has over a hundred Easter eggs too. I mean, there's just little things like that. Some things that you may not see that I, I don't know if we'll if we ever get the opportunity to shoot another Deadpool movie or another ten if I have my way. Um, I, I'll use in those, so I don't want to really give them away. But there's there's so many great little Easter eggs. It was so much fun to plant all these things in the movie. Of what you can tell us, what was one of your favorite things to film for the movie? Um, oh God, of what? Uh, the, uh, probably my favorite scene. In the movie. There's a scene where Deadpool uh, attacks another X Men, and I just like that. That in this moment, we're really embodying the moral flexibility of the character. I mean, that's one of the things that I personally love about Deadpool so much is that he he ostensibly looks like a superhero, but he's morally flexible in every way. Like, and that's that to me is just you do. You know, you get a lot of superheroes that are tough and that talk like this and the egg and all that, you know. But Deadpool's like, he genuinely is a guy that'll just sort of help out whoever ever has the, the, the fattest wad of cash. And I love that about him. And so there's a scene where he just, his, his ego gets bruised and he just attacks this X-Men named Colossus. And the scene, uh, he ends up breaking every bone in his body, attacking Colossus. And I just love that scene because he just never shuts up. The whole time he just keeps this running editorial going of everything that's happening. And it's, that to me was a lot of fun. So. Every bone. It was, yes, yes. He's not Graphically too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, what's, what's one of the things that uh, you did in the preparation process that you weren't sort of expecting to have a large effect on? Playing the part. The prep for me was easy. I was, it was basically being eased out of my mother's womb, <laughs> and then uh, being fed enough to grow into adulthood, and then beginning filming. I mean, I to me it was just it was a matter of that marriage between myself, Rhett Reese, and Paul Wernick, and just finding these two writers that that so understood everything that we were trying to do, and 
Um, and those guys have been such a privilege to, to kn- not only to know, but to work with. Also, the thing I love about Deadpool is the marketing campaign is an extension of the film, which is not normal. You know, most times you, when you have a character that breaks the fourth wall and addresses the audience directly, the, the possibilities for a film are obviously limitless, but so is the marketing. So for me, the marketing has been a lot of fun. We've been shooting, I think we've shot f- over 40 viral videos, um, maybe only 12 or 15 we've released that we have so many, I mean, it's just an embarrassment of riches, but half the time it was just me and my, my iPhone just, you know, shooting myself at the trailer or wherever and, you know, while we were shooting. So um, that part's been amazing. I th- yeah, I think you guys have done a great job of building the excitement amongst the fans. Yeah, it's hard. Well, not that many people knew about Deadpool a year ago, and I, f- I feel like they've done a great job of really introducing him to the uninitiated as well. So, What's been one of the yeah. greatest sort of fan experiences? Because I think there's a very rabid oh, audience who's Co- excited. Comic-Con, man. Comic-Con? I mean, Comic-Con was crazy. I, I uh, was Because ner- the last time I was at Comic-Con, was, was I was there for Green Lantern. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and that was tough. Like, you know, you're... So, uh, you know, you sort of feel like, you know, I'm so close to Deadpool and I'm so uh, intimate with it that, like, I have zero objectivity. I mean, absolutely zero. So walking into Comic-Con, everybody's laughing and smiling and Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick and Tim Miller, the director, and everything, they're all just laughing and backslapping. And I just am sheet white and terrified because I have no idea. how this is. I'm too close to it. So um, then when, the, when the, our, our presentation played, we showed them about three or four minutes of the movie. Um, and it finished, and they were all on their feet, and then they were they started chanting one more time, one more time. And that, uh, on the side stage, I looked over there, and I could see the studio head who had waited 10 years to greenlight the movie just looking at me like with this s- smile on her face like, well, there you fucking go, you know? Um, and, and Hugh Jackman was actually standing next to her because Wolverine, uh, they were doing Wolverine presentation next, and he, he actually told them to say, play it one more time or they're going to fucking riot. So they played it one more time, our, our presentation. And that, that to me was like, I, I was so surreal. It was such a magical moment. I mean, just for everybody, because we didn't make the movie on... I mean, I always joke, like, we, our budget for Deadpool was what, you know, most superhero movies spend on just cocaine. <laughs> so, like, for us, it was, you know, we didn't have, you know, $200 million to sort of make all our dreams come true. We, every single cent counted. And Tim Miller, our director, is like, he's a visual effects guru. He owns a visual effects company. So he made, he made every dollar turn, magically turn into 10. I don't know how he did that. And um, I'm so grateful to him for like making everything, us being able to realize our vision for the movie and really kind of put everything that was on the page on the screen at a cost that you can't tell we compromised. I mean, it still feels like you're watching a, you know, one of these movies with these massive budgets and, and uh, yeah, but just way less re- recreational drugs. So would would cocaine fall under craft services? You think? I don't know. You know, it's funny, but like, it, you know, obviously that never happens anymore. But well, maybe it does. Uh, but uh, the the back in the eighties, you'd always look at you'd always they'd always talk about like the 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 line the line costs on a movie and stuff, and there'd always be this like miscellaneous line that was like eighty thousand dollars, and they'd just be like, oh no, that was just individually wrapped Norwegian toffee, you know, and you're like, right, right, whatever you yeah. call it, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we're going to take audience questions in a moment if anyone wants to line up. Thank God. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You've been doing great. <laughs> You've been doing so great. You've been doing amazing. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I Thanks, everyone. It's uh, yeah. my two weeks notice, and I'm out. Dana. Dana. Big hand for Dana. Please, come on. She's amazing. You've been doing great. Thank you. Right? Thank you. Thank you. Um, I think a lot of people on the internet were curious. Uh, were there any onset shenanigans? And if so, can you tell us about any wow. of them? Wow. Um, 
Not a ton. Like, surprisingly, for a movie like this, there weren't a ton of on-set shenanigans. A lot of it was just alternate jokes. I mean, we just had so much fun with messing. I mean, it was just a matter of time that sort of pulled us away from each scene. But we would do 15 alt jokes for every one you see in the movie. So the home entertainment package or whatever the hell they I'm, like, so old. I'm like, the Laserdisc package for this film is going to be exceptional. Uh, No, but the digital package that comes after, they're going to have everything. I mean, all the the gag reel is just stupid, stupid A nine-hour cut. (laughs) Yeah, you could do, like, a nine-hour. I mean, there's so many little extras that 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 stuff's going to be fun, I think. And and do you have a, a personally? Do you have a favorite furniture line? Any a favorite? Oh oh yeah. Any, oh, any thoughts Ikea? on any? Uh, it could be IKEA. Yeah, could be, the, um, you know, this is you. In uh, real the life. Orvash is uh, Deadpool's personal favorite. Okay. Uh, the the Bjorsh, that thing's just absolute bullshit, and I think we all know it. Yeah. Let, we'll let IKEA know. Yeah, for anyone who hasn't seen the movie here, they're just going, "What the fuck is he talking about?" <laughs> Deadpool in the movie forces his blind elderly roommate to assemble IKEA furniture all day. Because he's a wonderful guy. He's a stand-up citizen. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, my question is, what's a fictional character that you wish to play but haven't? Oh, that's a good question. <sighs> Not Bella from Twilight. Uh, <laughs> fictional character that... Uh, there's a... Uh, oh, so boring answer. Uh, uh, there's a great uh, prison baseball player named, named Blackie Schwamm from, I think, the 20s or the 30s. And he was known as the greatest prison baseball player ever. He was a pitcher, but he was totally debilitated by alcoholism. And I, I've always been sort of totally fascinated by his story. And, and uh, so I would, love to, I would love to play Blackie Schwamm in a, in a, in a movie that, that nobody will ever make. Well, they said that about Deadpool, and then they made that's that. That's true. So, that is a, you never know, right? A, Start writing your letters. I know how passionate you all are about Blackie Schwamm. <laughs> so it begins now. It, yeah, it begins yeah. now. Yeah. Um, actually, what what sort of other what of your other acting experiences you bring us? There's a moment that I was sort of reliving your uh, your performance in like Buried. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Where I was like, he's just really good at like freaking out in yeah. a small space. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, were there were there any moments you're like, oh no. I am good at freaking this. out at small spaces. I'm pretty like I'll, I'm the first guy to say a, like a movie I did or a performance that it sucked. But like I, I uh, yeah, I, that's one gift I've always had is freaking out in small spaces. And it's because probably because I'm the youngest of four boys, so I was often crammed into small spaces, both for survival and for torture. So, um, but yeah, in the movie, I, in Deadpool, I certainly like I'm choking to death and I'm, I'm being tortured, and and uh, I, I am fine with it. But the problem is it blows all the blood vessels in my face so uh, uh, I have to they have to end up like putting a lot of <laughs> a lot of makeup on to cover up my uh, horribly yeah blood vessel blown face and then put yeah. your horrible face yeah, on so in makeup later okay. uh, scar makeup on over top of that yeah so awesome yeah hi hi um, what is your favorite movie other than Deadpool so what is the movie that you're most proud of that I am most proud of yes Oh, probably buried. I mean, it was just it was really difficult to do, and everyone said it was impossible, and I loved that experience. Was, we shot the whole thing in in Barcelona. The whole movie takes place in a coffin. For those of you who don't know, and it's just a, a real Hitchcock kind of uh, thrill ride. And I, I lo- so I love that movie. I still don't know why we shot it in Barcelona, and we couldn't just do it in my living room. But, like, <laughs> whatever. I don't make the rules. So yeah, yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Hello. Hello. So. About the last time you played Deadpool, uh-huh. was there like an agreement that if you played that 
less entertaining version that you would get to like do a full Deadpool movie? Actually, yes, there fucking was. <laughs> no, true. I, I, they, I remember they said, I, we, I, I sort of got the, I got the script and it was during the Hollywood writer's strike. So there was no writers. So it just, it basically said Deadpool shows up, talks really fast, annoys everyone around him. So for the whole first half of that movie, I play Wade Wilson and I'm just yada, yada, yada the whole time. And I just had to make up all my dialogue because there was no, no one to write it. And I had fun. I love doing that stuff. So, um, but the second half, Deadpool, they sew his fucking mouth shut. Right, he doesn't uh, fuck let, at all. Yeah, let lasers come out of his eyes, and he has like <laughs> weird knives that fly out of his hands. And I, I, uh, I remember saying, "That's really going to anger some people. That's not Deadpool." Um, and they basically said, "Well, you know, you can play him, or you can. We can hire, you know, someone else to play him. I don't, you know, who, they pick your guy, and he can play." So for me, it was a little bit, you know, I was a little bit. Uh, blackmailed. I just said, you know, all right, let's do it, I guess. And let's see what happens. And then, you know, it's funny is I, I probably shouldn't be saying this, but the, uh, which is why it's awesome. Um, <laughs> the, uh, uh, after the movie had, j was just about to come out, Wolverine was just about to come out. I got a call from one of the executives of the studio he said, where are you? And I said, I'm, I'm up in Canada. He's like, we need you to fly here right now. And I was like, what's wrong? What's going on? It's like, we've tested the movie and people are very upset about the Deadpool, about everything we did at the Deadpool. And I was like, you fucking did it. <laughs> I told you. And they, so we shot this little tag that happens at the very end after the credits where Deadpool's severed head is on the ground and I open my eyes and my mouth is now open and I go, shh. And it was just so dumb, but we did it anyway, I guess, to sort of make people think that there might be another Deadpool after that. It just, then it just rotted and died on the shelves of Fox forever. <laughs> they never wanted to make a Deadpool movie after that, so. All yeah, right, yeah. But we made the right one now, so there yeah, you go. That's yeah. great, I can't yeah. wait to see cool. it. Cool, thank you. Hey there. Um, so in the movie, you and the taxi driver have a great relationship. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the question is, why does he keep driving you around, and did he get compensated for the movie? Um, yes, we paid all our actors. It was low budget, but they were, uh, they were definitely paid. And no, the, in, the, in the movie, Dopinder does not, he is not uh, uh, compensated, unfortunately. Deadpool only pays him in a crisp high five. And at one point, he gives him a crisp 10. It was really um, And some life advice. But no, Dopinder is that, that name comes from my, my friend is in, in high school, no, sorry, elementary school. I went to, to school with this guy named Dopinder. And it's actually, a, uh, we're paying tribute to him. He, he, he was killed. He was struck by lightning, which is so just utterly crazy. Don't laugh. No, I'm uh, he, they're all laughing about it now. It's fine. Um, no, uh, and, and that's, so that's Dopinder's, Dopinder is a tribute to this guy, Dopinder, that I knew in, in school. He's a really cool guy, yeah. There you go. There's more information than you ever wanted. Yeah. Hey, Ryan. Who hey. have been some of your uh, favorite actors or actresses you've uh, worked with in your career? Uh, Helen Mirren, amazing. Uh, Sandra Bullock is like as classy and fantastic as a human being can get. Um, uh, God, I'm thinking of other actresses that I've worked with that I loved. Um, I don't, you know, some you might not necessarily know. Trailer Howard, who I did my TV show with 155 years ago, she was the girl on the show on Two Guys, a Girl in a Pizza Place. She was an awesome, awesome person. Um, but I've been lucky. Mary Louise Parker is one that I think is really talented and super, super smart and cool. Um, so yeah, I know I've had, a, I've been, I've been pretty lucky in that department. I've, I've had a lot of great, great co-stars. Yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. Denzel Washington is a wonderful actress as well. <laughs> um, yeah. In case you've ever heard of him. Yeah. Hi, thank you so much for your time. I think back on your career, and you've done such a variety of different genres of movies, from you know Sandra Pollock in The Proposal to mm -hmm. animated movies and these adaptations now. What would you say have been um, the challenges of doing these different genres, and then also the favorite parts to, say, doing voice animation mm -hmm. versus doing something more physical? Um, okay, well, my career is largely driven by desperation, so... <laughs> 
this different genre thing is like, yeah, you know, you just you find a script that you like and you're, you know, you beg someone to let you make it. Uh, the voiceover acting, I love voiceover acting. Yeah. I love it because there's zero ceiling and you can do and say anything. And in a weird way, Deadpool, is, there's, a, there's a lot of voiceover acting in the movie too. But uh, um, so doing animated films has been fun. Working on Crudes and now Crudes 2 has been incredible and, and Turbo. And I just, I don't know, I love it. And it's nice that I can, you know, I have something I can show my one-year-old daughter. Yeah. For God's sake, everything else is just vile. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. All right, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. So the marketing for this movie has been insane. Um, yeah, been I wanted fun. to know, did you have a hand in that? Did you say from the very beginning we should make uh, Nicholas Sparks billboards to promote this? Or <laughs> did that come in towards the end? Um, the Nicholas Sparks billboards were not, I, I actually was like the last guy on board with that because they were too good. I was like, there people are really going to think that this is a the like the sequel to the Notebook, you know. Um, uh, so I was a little, I was a little worried about that one, but uh, and that was such a hit. And I, I think there's a couple of our marketing guys in here right now, uh, or somewhere they could raise their hands, but they're chicken shits, so they won't, <laughs> they won't do that. Um, they they are geniuses, and we, and but it has been a uh, like I said, it's been an extension of the film, which is so unusual. So we've all been, we've all had our hand in every little piece of it. Um, it's been a, the, it's been so much of a harder job than the filming actually because it's just been full time round the clock. Uh, you know, I've never had a social media calendar that I have to adhere to, which has been just crazy. You know, just just trying to get stuff out, content. We shot so many videos, so many viral videos. Um, some I write, some Fox writes, some Rhett, Rhett and Paul write. So uh, it's just been a, everybody's been all hands on deck. So, but it's been so much fun. I mean, everybody just loves it. You know, I think a lot of the feedback we've been getting is people sad that the movie's coming out because the viral videos are going to stop but that's just simply not true we, Thanks a lot. we have many more yeah i think we have time for one more question oh great hi ryan this is unrelated to the movie i promised to see it but i just wanted to ask you about um being a dad and your new baby can you just talk to us a little bit about that yeah i just found out i had a, a child um <laughs> Surprise. she's like a year old too walking and talking has no idea who I am. Uh, no, I, lo I love it. It's the best, honestly. It's it's been incredible. I, thankfully, I have a, a wife that we we both yeah. uh, sort of feel like we don't want to work at the same time, so we have the luxury to be able to do that. You know, because oftentimes our jobs are in you know Thailand or our jobs are in Russia or you know, so we all kind of travel together and uh, and stay together. And it's it's been it's been amazing. You know, my daughter wept though when I would come in with the scar makeup on from Deadpool. That was <laughs> really you. really fright. Well, sometimes I just put it on just for fun. So. <laughs> She hated that, uh, but no, she's it's it's the best. Honestly, it's been like the best thing. It's all every cliche is so stupidly true, you know. It's like giving birth is like you know uh, one of the greatest privileges. It's so common, but it's like one of the most profound things that happens. So many people do it, but um, so but I'm always careful when I talk about it because every like I know so many celebrities that talk about when they have a child, like they're the only fucking human being alive that's ever squeezed a kid out of them. So I'm like I'm a little I'm always a little bit. <laughs> wary of that. I have one friend that always like, my, my daughter is, is quoting Chekhov, and she's two. And I was like, your daughter is an asshole. <laughs> so, thank yeah. you. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thank you. Oh, well, let's not end on that. Well, God, okay. You don't, you don't oh, call shit. your daughter an asshole? Isn't the, is, all right. We'll this go, is we'll like go one on of those things. Note. You know, you do interviews and you're in my position and you, like just, you, you, you wake up in the middle of the night at a perfect right angle and you're like, why am I sitting up sweating? And you're like, oh, that fucking question. I, mean, I answered that question. I said that thing. Yeah, it's so just the internet. You know, I know. It's just only. the internet. <laughs> we're we're, we're all going to be fine. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, where, where do you think 
the character Deadpool could do the most good in the world we currently live in. Oh, where, where he could do the, oh my God, well certainly the presidential election would be someplace that I would implement his... <laughs> His He's unique, Canadian, though. I don't know unique skill set. <laughs> yeah, no, he can't. We did run a, a, a brief uh, a Deadpool for El Presidente uh, campaign in the middle of our uh, last week, I think, but we pulled it the same day because he's just too immature for that. So I think he could do some do some good there. I'd love to see him as a pundit because he can't really focus. So <laughs> it would be fun to just see the tangents, you know. I'd r- love to see Bill O'Reilly handle him. Yeah. Yeah. The pundit with a mouth. Right. Exactly. It's got a good yeah. ring to it. Deadpool yeah. two of the pundit with a yeah, mouth. Exactly. All right. Exactly. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining thank us you today. So much. Thank you for guys for having me. Thank this you guys. Really fun. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you have any feedback about this or any other episode, we'd love to hear from you. You can visit g.co slash talks at Google slash podcast feedback to leave your comments. To discover more amazing content, you can always find us online at youtube.com slash talks at Google, on our website, google.com slash talks, or via our Twitter handle at talks at Google. Talk soon. <laughs>